We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you beautiful people. The sun is shining. The breeze is blowing gently. It's a magical day, and I hope you are enjoying being you. You know, from my perspective, there really is no more important relationship in the universe than our relationship with the universe. I didn't really think about this relationship much until everything in my life completely fell apart. That is when I started having some earnest, honest, and deeply authentic conversations with the divine. It's not that we have to wait for tragedy or anguish to establish this relationship, but it seems many of us do. There's a Sufi saying that I read in a book of my guests today, suffering is a device to turn one's thoughts in the direction of God. That was certainly the case for me. But whether life is painful and challenging for you right now, or if things are going pretty well, having these important conversations with God can get us on track and keep us on track. Here to talk more about how to pray and why we pray is my expert and lovely guest, Reverend Magan Oman Shannon. Maggie has authored six books, some of which include Prayers for Healing, 365 Blessings, Poems, and Meditations from Around the World, Prayers for Hope and Comfort, Reflections, Meditations, and Inspirations, The Way We Pray, Celebrating Spirit from Around the World, and One God Shared Hope, 20 Threads Shared by, shared by Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And she wrote another one, co-wrote another one called A String and a Prayer, How to Make and Use Prayer Beads. In addition to her many books, Reverend Maggie's writing has appeared in publications such as Beliefnet.com, The Huffington Post, The Miami Herald, Spirituality Health Magazine, and more. Reverend Maggie is a graduate of the Smith College, holds a master's degree in culture and spirituality from Holy Names University. She is the former editor of three national magazines, including the Saturday Evening Post, and has also served as the director of marketing for the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Reverend Maggie has completed the three-year training program of Spiritual Directors Institute at Mercy Center in Burlingame, California, is a certified life coach, an interfaith minister, a unity minister, a workshop and retreat facilitator, and the director, the spiritual director of Unity Spiritual Center of San Francisco. So, Reverend Maggie, thanks for being here on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. Thanks so much for having me back, Tammy. So good to have you. Gosh, you're a busy woman, and you just got um, you, you just got a, another two book deals. So that you're going to be up to eight books now. <laughs> That's right. Wow. How do you do it all? <laughs> oh, good question. Good question. You know, it's like it's like anything. I mean, I I, I find that a lot of times the the truisms, uh, particularly coming out of the the twelve step groups, are are so helpful. And one day at a time is is something that that really um, works well for me. When I wonder the same thing, how am I going to get it all done? Yep, just one one thing at a time, one day at a time. That's really, really, really true. Right. So. Maggie, you have written a lot of books about prayer, so the, clearly this is a very important subject to you. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, honestly, I think in some ways it's one of the most, if not the most important subjects to 
take a look at and to explore for ourselves. And, you know, one way I, I have looked at it in the past is if we are able to communicate, commune with the highest power in the universe, wouldn't we want to know how to do that? So that question has definitely motivated me uh, in my explorations and my research uh, of of prayer. Um, so I'm delighted to be able to talk to you about it today. Yeah, I think it's it's so important. And again, you know, I didn't really pray in earnest until things fell apart. But I guess that that's not uncommon. Mm-mm. No, I so would you- say that's... Actually, the opposite, I would say that's very common. (laughs) Yeah. When we fall on our knees, that's when we start having that conversation. (laughs) Right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. So you have a beautiful book called Prayers for Hope and Comfort, Reflections, Meditations, and Inspirations. So it seems if, if people are struggling, maybe this is a really great book for them to pick up. Uh, it offers solace and comfort and hope, and, and it also draws from a lot of different religions and faiths and traditions, which I, I just love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did two. I've done two prayer anthologies. My very first book was called Prayers for Healing, and it's a day book, 365 uh you know, prayers from different faith traditions on different aspects of healing. That came out in 1997. It's still going strong, still in print. The Dalai Lama wrote the foreword, and Larry Dossey, you know, the renowned uh, doctor and author, uh, wrote the foreword, or the introduction. I I get mixed up (laughs) who wrote what. But those two very illustrious people contributed to the book, as well as other people, including Carolyn Mace and Deepak Chopra, And it really was such a blessed project. And I think it's because, um, you know, it is such a universal, it's a a universal impulse that when we're hurting, when we're in pain, um, we, we start to look for answers, we start to look for comfort. So... So the one you just referenced, Prayers for Hope and Comfort, was sort of a follow-up book that I did a number of years later. And yes, it did... You know, the the motivation and the intention for the book is that it would help people to find um, some solace for different aspects of life urgency. So uh, it, it was sort of like a, an expanding circle in that the first part talks about prayers for oneself and then prayers for your relationships with others and then, you know... Uh, got bigger and bigger until the, the final section was, was prayers for our, our world, prayers for the, the universe. And um, there's some really lovely, beautiful voices who are represented in, in both anthologies. Yeah, I saw that. David White, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Martin Luther King, and then you also have some traditional prayers and verses. So it just seems like such a beautiful and powerful book. It's like if you're struggling, this would be probably an amazing support to have next to your bed and and to read before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning. I think that can really support and service as we're walking through pain that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's something very touching, and I wrote about this uh, in my introduction to Prayers for Healing. There's something very, um, and and actually I think I wrote about it also in the introduction to the, the second prayer anthology, that, that when we read the words of other people, you know, that, that often are just raw, um, it, it just moves our hearts, and it, it really uh, 
I think there's a unifying movement that happens of compassion uh, because we know those cries of our own hearts. And, uh, yeah, there, there's some lovely pieces represented in the book and um, something very deeply moving about reading the prayers of other people. That's so true. I know when I was going through um, my dark night of the soul, reading other people's experiences made me feel that that I wasn't alone. And the dark night of the soul is actually a really important place to be, I think, to, to open us more fully to uh, that spiritual relationship. And, and I think really that's what our human experience is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you, you talk about that. On some level, we all, maybe whether we know it or not consciously, desire that relationship with the divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter how we get there, yes. <laughs> you know, it, so it's, uh, it's there. Uh, and so that's why prayer is an interesting subject, I think, to explore is because there are many ways, too, to begin that, um, that communion. And Something that people, listeners may have heard before, you may have heard it before, <clears throat> is a, a, a little aphorism that, that prayer is you talking to God, meditation is you listening to God. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think that has validity, but personally, I've always felt that prayer was much more than communication, that it was actually communion with God. And if we look at prayer from that standpoint, uh, that it's not just us talking or, or communicating to the God of our understanding, but actually being in communion, being in the presence of, then it offers so many additional ways to make that contact. And something that has inspired me throughout my research of this subject is a phrase that Catherine of Siena said. She said that everything we do can be a prayer. And so that is a very compelling idea to me uh, of exploring how everything has the potential to be a prayer to be a way of communing with God if we bring that intention to it. Mm, What a beautiful notion. I love that so much. I I love everything you're saying. It's not just speaking to God. It's being in communion, which is, it is deeper than communication. I hadn't thought of it like that before. That's such a beautiful notion. Mm. Mm. So something that you say is that God speaks to us through the circumstances of our lives. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. Because, I, I mean, I think when people are hurting, they're like, what's he trying to say? You know, what, right. what is the conversation that God wants to have with me right now? What the heck? It's so confusing. Right. So I, I love that thought. And I, I would just like to hear more from you and your perspective about it. Well, I do believe that we are always being communicated with. Um, and I think that one of the challenges is for us is to become mindful enough to just notice when we're being spoken to. And I will speak to your question, but I'm going to say something first uh, regarding this idea of messages. There was a time in my life, it was when my father was dying, and uh, it was very upsetting for me. I was in my early 30s, and um, my father was young. He was uh, actually the age I'm about to turn, uh, so I know how young it is. Uh, he was 56. And I was searching. I was searching for some kind of comfort, some kind of solace. 
And I kept finding these things on the ground, and it was just amazing, these little objects on the ground, one of which, you know, on a day that I felt really um, sad was a flattened, I guess it had been run over, but it was a flattened button, you know, that you would like pin on a shirt or a backpack that said, I am loved. Mm. <laughs> to me, it was like it was it was tantamount to having a burning bush. It was like it was pretty close because I thought, you know, on a day when I really needed to feel that you know there was love in this world and that you know um, there there was hope to to look down and literally see this this message, I am loved. I I've never forgotten it. Um, so sort of jumping off on that as an example, I believe that we do always get messages. Some are more obvious than others, but I but I think our quest, part of our challenge as spiritual beings having a human experience is just to, you know, take those blinders off that we tend to put up and notice, you know, notice what is being said, what might be suggested, what might be um, offered to us. So, Yes, I definitely feel that when we're in a period of pain, of frustration, of um, heartbreak, there's always an opportunity there, too. There's always an opportunity. And one of my favorite phrases is, this is not happening to me, this is happening for me. And if we can reframe whatever it is we're going through to that perspective, that we're not being victimized, that actually we're given, a, we're being given an opportunity, that there's something there to learn, there's something there to um, uh, to develop through, there's some kind of gift or blessing in whatever it is, even if we can't see it, then that can just unlock so many, so many different things, um, including a, a resurgence of joy and connection to our higher power. I so agree with what you're saying. I say there's two ways we can live our lives, victim or empowered. And when we're in those dire circumstances, it's it's easy and natural and, and maybe unavoidable to go into that victim consciousness. But if you can finally uh, get to the place of going, what's my soul trying to learn from this? Why is this happening for me, not to me? Uh, that's when we can start to glean that deeper wisdom. And that's when I start to notice the synchronicity and the God winks, like the button. That's amazing. I love it when things like that happen. It does make me feel that I'm in communion with that something greater. And for me, there's nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, a, it's an exciting thing to an exciting place of awareness and consciousness to uh, to cultivate, uh, and it truly is transformative. It can it can change everything. It really can, and you know, uh, there's been a lot of skeptics, but I know that scientific research is showing that s- the simple act of praying can can help us emotionally, spiritually, and even help us heal physically. So there, there's the research substantiating the stuff that I've intuitively felt, and, and it's kind of comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I just saw on Facebook, uh, we were talking about social media um, before the before the interview, but uh, I just saw on Facebook this wonderful quote from the Dalai Lama that said something along the lines of, choose to be an optimist 
it just feels better. <laughs> and it really does. You know, it really does. And if we can just keep our, you know, our minds and our hearts focused on, you know, on the gift, on the possibility, on what is right, um, yeah, it, it, can, it can change everything. Yeah, I like Randy Pausch in the last lecture. He said, you got to choose for yourself. Are you a Tigger or are you an Eeyore? And it really does kind of boil down to that. And it is it is a choice. It may not feel like it when we're E-O-R-E, but we do have that opportunity if we want to make a different choice and kind of turn the steering wheel in a different direction. And for me, prayer and meditation is a way of doing that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing, one of the things that I really love about your book, Prayers for Healing, you really invite the readers into a healing space that can transform their body and their mind and their spirit. It's, it's such a beautiful invitation that it's like, yes, I want to say yes to that myself. Mm. Such a sweet well, invitation. You know, it's it's so interesting because to a certain extent, I I think I mentioned you know all the you know really illustrious people who contributed to it, and to a certain to a certain um, point, I really feel like I, I truly was just an instrument, you know, for that particular book. I've heard so many stories that have touched my heart about how on you know a certain day they happened to read a passage that just, you know, was so transformative, so comforting, uh, and I just love hearing those stories because it's kind of like, you know, having a child who makes their way out into the world, and it's like you kind of want to take credit, but you know that actually it has nothing to do with you, and that's kind of how I feel about um, these stories I hear about the book, that there's some kind of, uh, you know, beauty, um, you know, and, and synchronicity that is is in the book that I just was lucky enough to be able to, you know, craft together. That you birthed. You birthed that baby. And now he's out <laughs> doing right. this wonderful work in the world. <laughs> it is a cool thing. So um, I want to quickly touch on a couple of other books of yours about prayer. I love the sounds of this one, The Way We Pray, Celebrating Spirit from Around the World. I think this is such... Uh, a cool concept. It's a guide for spiritual explorers everywhere. And you you talk about labyrinths and affirmations and gratitude journals and prayer flags and reading sacred scripture, prayer bowls, mandalas. Those are my favorites. Fasting, <laughs> writing haiku, chanting. So again, just it's like a buffet of opportunities to go deeper into that relationship and conversation, that communion with the divine. Yeah, that's it. You know, and the way we pray has always been very close to my heart because it really, um, you know, had an impact on me too, you know, writing it, researching it and writing it. And what it is, is 50 different prayer practices from around the world. And I used as my touchstone that quote that I mentioned earlier from Catherine of Siena, that everything you do can be a prayer. So, um, you know, sort of using that as my as my watchword, I was looking at what different faith traditions, what different cultures do as a form of worship. And it is, you know, I see it as being exactly as you described it, as being sort of a sampler so that people can read about these different prayer practices and they can just note if it's something they might want to explore themselves. And I also want to say regarding that, that the Dalai Lama, when he did write the introduction to my first book, 
said something so important, and he said, you know, we read about other people's faith, you know, practices, not so we can, you know, not so we can convert, not so we can assume them as our own, but that we can learn from them, and that can enrich our own faith tradition. So that was really the hope behind the way we pray, is that, you know, if we just give people, first of all, an awareness and appreciation for other ways of praying, but also give them ideas for things they might be able to incorporate into their own um, spiritual practice. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I've always loved that book. It, it made a big uh, difference to my life. Oh, that's awesome. And I think that's so great, you know, to be that perpetual student, to be that learner. It's not about thinking you know everything and being right and defending. It's really just about continuing to explore and, and learn. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is how I want to live every moment of my life. So I think that's such a beautiful notion. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie, there's one more book I want to touch on. Let's get through all your books here. It's like we need more time or something. <laughs> um, you wrote a book called One God Shared Hope. 20 threads shared by Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. I find this fascinating. Mm. So you provide passages from each religion's holy scriptures to illustrate their commonalities. So tell me a little bit more about this book and what you learned through this process. Yeah, that was a really interesting book to work on as well. It was uh, it was at a time when, um, and, and still we're in that time of, of uh misunderstanding, perhaps sometimes suspicion of, of other faith traditions. And so I wanted to look at those three monotheistic religions and find out what they had in common. So I, you know, found 20, 20 different principles, spiritual principles that they all had in common. And then I picked the scripture passage from, you know, the three different holy writings of each tradition uh, to show people how they're the same and also to give them the reference so they could go look it up themselves. And it was, you know, really deeply meaningful, again, to uh, just read these scriptures and you just um, see where we have so much in common. And uh, unfortunately, too often we focus on the differences Instead of looking at the places where we do connect, we do share common beliefs and understanding. So that's what the intention was for the book, that people would be able to see that we actually have quite a lot of important spiritual beliefs in common. Mm. I love that. Maya Angelou did a rap song years ago, and it was, We Are More Alike Than We Are Unalike. Mm. And boy, that just sticks with me, and I think it's so true, and it sounds like that book can really help us em- embrace that notion, which I think deep healing comes from that, knowing that we, we are more alike than we are different. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And again, that, that cultivates that, that connection, that sense of connection and community. And uh, I want that with everyone I meet. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. You do such amazing work, Maggie. I'm just so, uh, just besotted with you. I'm just intrigued and I just love everything that you're doing. I'm just so honored to be having this conversation with you. 
Oh, thank you, Tammy. I just so appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about these things because they're very soul-nourishing to me as well. And I and I know to your listeners, and sometimes we're not given the opportunity to really think about them or talk about them. So thanks so much for providing that for us. That's why I do the show, to have these kinds of conversations because I think our lives go in the direction of our thoughts and our beliefs and our conversations. So to me, I want to have these thought-provoking, enlightening, uplifting, conscious conversations. And I know it helps me and my intention is for it to, you know, support others that really want to ascend, you know, go to these higher grounds of peace and love and connection. And with that being said, Miss Reverend Maggie, how can people connect with you and continue the communion with you? Oh, sounds great. Well, I um, do have a website. That's my name, Maggie Oman Shannon, M-A-G-G-I-E-O-M-A-N, Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N dot com. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Pinterest. I occasionally tweet. I I may um, start to do that more, but I am on Twitter, at Reverend Maggie. And, uh, of course, if you're in San Francisco, please visit me at my church. We have services on Sundays at 11 o'clock. It's the Unity Spiritual Center of San Francisco. I want to go. Good. That sounds lovely. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I want to go. I wish you were a little closer. It's a bit of a commute from Boise, but <laughs> might be worth it. So thank you so much, Reverend Maggie. This was such a pleasure, such an honor, such a privilege. I enjoy oh. you thoroughly and immensely. Thank you so much, Tammy. I feel the same way, and and, uh, it was just great to be able to talk about these things we love so much. Oh, absolutely. And and to my lovely, lovely listeners and friends, thank you for hanging out with us. And I would love for you to get in touch with me. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, My email address is TammyBPhD at gmail.com. And, of course, my um, website is TammyBPhD.com. So just know you're in my heart. You're in my prayers. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.